All right. Well, how are you liking Celebration Sunday so far? Yeah? These are some of my favorite days uh, when we just get to gather and celebrate what God is doing. And um, a little bit later, you're going to hear some testimonies of men and women who God has just really impacted in this last season. And so we're going to we're going to do that in a few moments. But first, we are going to celebrate this morning by receiving new members. And um, that is a something to celebrate. Yes. We're going to clap a lot in this, in this space, right? Um, it's incredible when God brings people um, to our church and then when God puts it on their heart to, jo- to officially join the membership of Rockside. And I just want to share briefly a few moments why membership is important, all right? Because you might be here maybe for the first time or maybe you've been coming for a few weeks and you're like, I don't even know what that is. What are you talking about, membership? Um, So let me just tell you a little bit about it and then we're gonna call up our new members and pray over them and celebrate what God is doing. So let me explain this. Rockside Church is an Assemblies of God church, all right? Which we are a part of a cooperative fellowship, which means our church is one of about 13,000 plus around the globe, all right? So think about that, all right? We are one of like thousands, all right, across the globe. This is the cool part. There are attending Assemblies of God churches across the country, across the world. There are about 3 million point three across the world that are attending, adhering to an Assemblies of God church. There are about 38,000 ministers that are preaching across in churches, small and large. Isn't that incredible? We have about 5,268 missionary personnel in the United States and around the world that are taking the gospel to places that we would never be able to take it. All right? Again, that's what we are all a part of. That's what we get to be a part of. Every 54 seconds... A conversion takes place through an AG church or ministry. So at least every second, somebody's life is being transformed by the power of Jesus. People are coming to know Christ every second through an Assemblies of God church. That's what we are a part of. Amen? Isn't that awesome? Why is it important to be a part of a fellowship like the Assembly of God? Well, for protection, for accountability, for fellowship, we fellowship, we meet with other churches in our area, other pastors and ministers for prayer and encouragement. And of course, just to get the bigger picture that we are not the only thing that exists. We are a part of a greater whole. So why bother with church membership? What is it all about? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever asked yourself that question? For many Christians, membership can sound like stiff or something that you do at a bank or like a country club, right? It's far too formal for church. So why bother joining your local church when you're a part of the universal church? Some Christians, because of maybe tradition or even church baggage, may not even be convinced that membership matters, that it really is that important, even though the word member shows up multiple times in the New Testament. Romans 12, verses 4 and 5 says this, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. All right? And then Hebrews 10, 
24 and 25 says this, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect meeting together as some do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Boy, that is more important today than probably any other time in history because we are that much closer to the return of Jesus coming back for his church. Amen. So being a part of a local church is crucial. It's important for your growth. Amen. So here's a couple reasons why it's important. Number one, your commitment to Christ is visible. All right? You state before God and others that you're a part of this local body of believers. That's where the fellowship is. And that's really where the hard work is. Because then you're vulnerable. Because then people see, right, that we all are kind of a mess in progress, right? But that's where we get to work it out. We get to live it out in the body of Christ. Number two, making a, making a commitment is a powerful statement. It's a powerful statement in this culture that has low commitment. Ours is a consumer culture, would you agree? Right? Where everything is tailored to meet our needs and satisfy our preferences. And boy, church has come along with that as well. And we can't compete with that. I mean, we don't even want to, right? When those needs aren't met, we can always move on to the next product or the next job or even sometimes the next relationship. Well, you know what? With church, we cannot do that. Joining a church is a mutual relationship. It says, I'm committed to this group of people, and they're committed to me. I'm here to give more than I get. Number three, church membership keeps us accountable. When we officially join a church, we're offering ourselves to one another, to be encouraged, to be corrected, rebuked, to be served. We're placing ourselves under the leadership and submitting to their authority. As, as a pastor, as your pastor, I take it seriously, my responsibility before God to watch and to care for and to train and to reproduce disciples here. But that can be hard when the constant turnover, right? COVID didn't help, right? We, we went through a few years. We didn't know who, who's here, who's coming, who's going, and who's with us, all right? But it's important that we commit into a body of Christ. When someone becomes a member here at Rockside Church, they make a commitment to pray. They make a commitment to give, to serve, to attend worship, to accept spiritual guidance, to obey scriptural teachings, and to seek things that make for unity, purity, and peace. Mm. Those of you that are already members, this is just an encouragement for you, a reminder for you being a part of this. And we ought to not make these commitments lightly. Membership matters more than most people think. And so today we've got folks that have decided, have chosen, have prayed about joining our church today. And we want to welcome them. And here's what, as a member, when you say, you know what, I want to be an official member, you go through a membership class. There's a couple different connections where you meet the staff and the board, and we walk through who we are as a church, and you're able to ask questions and then pray about if that's something that you want to become a part of the church as an official member. That gives you the ability to vote. We have annual business meetings. We have to make decisions a lot of times. We have to vote in board members. And so as a member of the church, you then are able to participate in those things. There are a couple areas of the church that you have to be a member to even serve in. And so, again, membership is important. 
And so, t- so today, the, the five that we're going to have up here, they're committing, they're saying this, having received Christ as my Lord and Savior, and having been baptized in water, and being in agreement with Rockside Church, its purposes, beliefs, core values, and structure, I commit myself to be a member of this community of believers and to do the following, all right? And this will be a reminder for those of you that are already members. Number one, I will attend church regularly and faithfully. Number two, I'll tie 10% of my income to the ministry of Rockside Church. Number three, I'll find a place to serve. Number four, I'll change habits and practices that are unscriptural and that create disunity within the body. Number five, I'll seek to resolve conflicts in a biblical manner. Number six, I will be committed to the personal growth and to the growth of Rockside Church. I'm sorry, be committed to personal growth, personal, and then to the growth of Rockside Church. And then number seven, I'll be committed to winning others to Christ. Amen? That is what, when you commit to being an official member, that's what you're committing to. It's a partnership. It's not just one-sided. It's two-sided, a mutual relationship. And so I'd like to welcome to the front, if you guys would just stand on either side of me, uh, Ron and Amelia Finch. If you guys would get a hand clap to Ron and Amelia. They've already dove in. They're serving, and it's amazing uh, to see. There you guys go. You'll just stand across there. All right, next up are Scott and Christine Mitchell. If you guys will give a hand clap to them today. What a joy. Uh, The Lord brought them from another state and divinely set them in place here at Rockside Church for this time, such a time as this. Uh, It's so divine, and we're just excited uh, just to watch as God connects us even more. And last but definitely not least, Ariam Redonda. If you come on up here. Yes, so exciting. So proud of you. So, so awesome to see our young adults even stepping forward into membership and saying, you know what, you can count on me too. I'm here not only for what I can get, but for what I can give. Amen? So what I want us to do, church, if we would all stand to our feet And if I could have a couple board members and or staff, if you could just come surround if you're available, surround those that are here today. Put your hand on their shoulder and let's, we're going to pray a prayer of blessing over their lives as they take this really important step today of membership. And if you guys out there, if you don't mind putting your hand, just put it forward. If you're online, you can go ahead and join us in prayer as well. This is a special moment as you guys receive them too into the body officially. And as they say, yes, Jesus, and commit. So Father God, we just thank you today. We come and we celebrate, God, we celebrate what you're doing in each one of their lives. Each one has a story, God, of what you have done and God, what you are doing. And Lord, we thank you that you have brought them here to this faith community. God, we just love you and we trust you, God, that your plans and purposes are for good. God, we thank you that you are going to put them into places where, God, they can be utilized. They can serve, God. They can help even grow further, God, the mission and the purpose that you have for Rockside in this season, in this city. And so, God, we pray blessings over their family. We pray health over them. God, I pray that today we'll just seal it in their heart, God, that what they're called to do, Lord Jesus. And God, I pray that they know that you walk with them, that they are not alone, that this church comes around and supports them, is there to encourage and be there when the times are tough, Lord God. 
We thank you, Jesus, for all of our members. We thank you for our whole congregation, whether they're an official member or not. God, we thank you for this church, God, the family that it is all made up of. And Lord, today we just say thank you for what you're doing. We celebrate you, Jesus. We honor you today, God, in this place. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you, God, in your mighty name. And everyone said amen and amen. Can we just give everybody a hand clap? Welcome officially to Rockside Church. We love you guys, and we're excited to walk with you as you continue to grow. Amen, amen. You guys may be seated. Incredible, incredible. Well, I'd like to ask Jackie Patelicki if she would come on up. She's going to continue our worship time in offering and prayer, and so appreciate everybody. Good morning. There's... Joy in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen? Well, I got to tell you, I'm not exactly sure what's going to come out of my mouth. So I sort of, I've been praying about this, and I kind of know what God wants me to talk about. He wants me to talk about manna. He's been talking to me about manna all week. And manna, if, if you don't know what manna is, that was bread coming from heaven to the Israelites when they were stuck in the desert and they were going around and they were picking on each other and frustrated and mad, even mad at God. But God fed them in the desert. He gave them manna every day. Manna would fall from heaven. And so that, I think, was sticking in my uh, brain and God was giving that to me because of miracles. Um, For those of you who um, may not know, about two and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I wasn't diagnosed with just one cancer. Oh, no. God gave me three at the same time. <laughs> and they were, I was diagnosed within about four weeks of three different kinds of cancer. Uh, breast cancer, lung cancer, and kidney cancer. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> and, so I was, uh, and those of you that were here, you prayed for me for a miracle. I was, uh, I was going in my house. Um, some of you gave me uh, words of, of wisdom and Bible verses to pray over, and I was in my house praying for a miracle, and, and I was convinced I was going to get a miracle. <laughs> and it wasn't just a little miracle. It was going to be a big miracle. <laughs> it was going to be one of the ones that you kind of picture God giving, sort of like the man from heaven. <laughs> and, but that's not exactly how it worked. Uh, God, uh, for my, my first surgery was for my, uh, my renal cancer. And it was in the middle of COVID, and uh, when I and Tony wasn't allowed in the the hospital room, and so when I woke up, first thing I needed was my cell phone, and I'm talking to the big guy, <laughs> meeting Tony this time. Uh, <laughs> so I said, "All right," because I didn't see the doc at that point. I said, "What did he say?" But because I, I knew he was going to tell Tony something, and he said he said it was cancer, and I, I knew. Um, at that moment, I'm in, in the hospital room by myself, and you got all the bells and whistles, and it was nighttime already, and I, I, I felt um, a, a bit of a deflation, if you will, because I was so convinced I was going to get that miracle, that, you know, they were going to open me up, and they were going to see cancer, um, but they did, and so then at that point, I, after it's like, okay, I've got cancer, God, and, and, like, and at that point, I already knew I had the two others. <laughs> so I was like, okay, God, you've got a, you've got, you're taking me on a journey. You've got me someplace to go. And um, 
you know, just kept praying and praying, didn't know exactly how, uh, what was going on at that point. I wasn't really sure um, with the, the, the kidney cancer how that was going to be treated. I knew what the other treatment plan was for the other two cancers. Christmas Eve, I'm looking at my chart. For those of you, you know, my chart is looking at what your results of your whatever it is, your lab work, your whatever it is the doc is doing. You have to be sure when, you, when you're talking about cancer sometimes, do you really want to look uh, before they tell you what you want to see? Well, I'm wired differently, and yes, I wanted to know. So <laughs> I wasn't going to wait. Um, so it was Christmas Eve, and I got the, um, whatever it was in my email, it says I got an update. So I went in, I was, um, we were starting to have, we didn't really celebrate that year too much because obviously I just had surgery, so it was just my, uh, my, my immediate family, my husband and my kids. Um, and so I just laying on, on so probably somewhat comatose, but um, <laughs> looking in my chart, and I got the miracle. It wasn't cancer. My kidney cancer wasn't kidney cancer. It was something that looked like cancer, but it wasn't. So I got my miracle, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't a miracle. It was the manna. It, it was manna, but it wasn't the flashy manna because. It wasn't the one where everybody would say, oh, my gosh, there was no way that could happen. That isn't how this played out. But it was my manna from God. He was talking to me. There was nobody else that needed to know that when that doctor said it, it was cancer and then it wasn't. I got manna. There was no doubt about it. Going through, again, this is a two, two-and-a-half-year journey with three cancers. I'm... Um, Getting ready, last year about this time I'm recovering from lung cancer. and uh, Not from the lung cancer, from the surgery of the lung cancer. So I had part of my lung removed, so <laughs> I look pretty good, right? <laughs> so that's the miracle right there. I, I don't need oxygen. Um, <laughs> and I'm able to walk here and tell you what's going on here. Um, but the, the, the other part of this was I was tired at this stage. I'd already been going down this journey for close to, you know, a year and a half, close to two years. And you know, I'd had multiple surgeries, I had the chemo, I had the radiation, and now I'm looking at one more surgery. And this one worried me probably a little bit more than maybe some of the others were because I knew I wasn't probably as strong as I was when we first started the journey. I also had doctors that weren't all in agreement about whether I should do the surgery now or wait. Um, and so I was just plain tired. I, I was exhausted, mentally, physically, any which way you can imagine, I was just tired. And I knew God was taking me still. The work wasn't done. He was going to help get me through it. But I was laying, actually, I was sitting on my sofa at home. And God, I, I was just, God, I'm tired. Do you see? Do you see how tired I am? I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. And he gave me manna. He gave me a song. It's like the God who sees. It's a Nicole C. Mullen song. It's awesome. If you like Nicole C. Mullen, it's an awesome song. Um, but it was the God who sees. And it was if he gave me a different song, I wouldn't have probably put it together. It was I was praying at that night, feeling, God, do you see? I'm so tired. How can I do one more? And then he gave me the song. And I, it was my manna once again. He just gave me manna that uh, reinvigorated me, and yes, you know, off I go. <laughs> um, but there was another time, one more time, 
before I had that lung surgery where I'm still tired and because I work in Akron, I get to have my music going on for a, a bit. And so I'm, I got my Nicole C. Mullen, the God who sees playing in the car. I get to work and it's a bit of a walk to get where uh, my office is from the parking lot up some stairs and whatnot. But I was again, exhausted. I had to get myself geared up that I could walk into this building and, and do my day and, and just do, do what needed to be done, despite all the other stuff that was going on with me physically. And I just, I couldn't get myself out of the car. I was just sitting there. I was like, God, help me. Just give me strength to, to get into the building. While I'm there, and I will say, probably feeling sorry for myself, I get a phone call on my cell phone. Manna, again. God gave me manna. There, there was a lady, her name was Kimberly, uh, who was a, like a registration person for my one surgeon. And she orchestrated all kinds of things for me during this period with different, different appointments and stuff that I was struggling with during COVID that I couldn't really do for myself. She was like my, my navigator, my advocate, you name it, she did it um, during this, uh, this period. And she just randomly called me out of the blue. There was no reason for her to call because I wasn't having a doctor's appointment. I didn't need her to create one for me. I didn't need it. You know, I just needed God to help me get to inside the building and start my work day. Give me the strength to, to go through one more surgery. And Kimberly called. And I knew that I had manna once again. I didn't, uh, and to be perfectly honest, I didn't think of it as man at that point. I knew God was blessing me. I knew God was talking to me. I knew he was telling me that he's got this for me and that I just needed to trust him and, and to just continue the path, the journey that he was, uh, you know, as he was opening the doors and I was, you know, sometimes crawling through. Um, but the manna was there. And, and so I tell you all of this um, because, you know, maybe there's somebody who needs that, that miracle of healing today. But you may also be someone who needs a job, who's struggling with how your finances are going to pay for your rent. You could be somebody who's lonely uh, and, and just doesn't know how they're going to face another day. But at the same time, if you're not one of those people, you're the one who can be manna for someone else. And that's where I'm at today. I needed manna, and, and you, I can tell you that you guys were my manna on more days than one. It was you praying for me. I've got car, uh, cards. i got a stack of them, uh, of cards over a two-year period that people were sending me cards. People were giving us meals. People, like I said, people were giving encouragement. It was a book. It, it, you name it, somehow it came our way. But now I'm in a different place, and I can be manna for someone else. And I don't know what that looks like because I got a lot, you know, I'm not exactly a spring chicken. And so I've got lots of things that God has done uh, in my life that I can be manna for someone else with. It could be, you know, for whatever reason, God wanted me to share my cancer journey a little bit with you today uh, because of the manna. But there's other manna that I have in my life to give to someone else because I've lost loved ones. I've been unemployed. I've been lots of different things over the years. And because I had those experiences, I may be just the person that God wants to use to encourage maybe one of you or somebody else um, that I might come across. And so I just leave you with that message today uh, and hopefully encouragement as we are in the house of the Lord today celebrating. And I can tell you, I'm celebrating. I'm, I've got so much to celebrate. It, it's, sometimes it's not containable. Um, <laughs> and 
so, and, 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 you know, obviously, I, you know, as I started this um, just a few minutes ago, I didn't know what I was going to say. I told you more than I thought I was going to say. And so, and, and I'm not stuttering. It, I think it's actually kind of cohesive. So there you go. <laughs> From, you know, kind of condensed a, a two-year journey here. <laughs> so with that, let's pray over uh, the offering today. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for what you're doing at Rockside Church. We thank you for new members, Lord. We thank you for allowing us to be in your house today. There's joy today, Lord. We're going to hear more about joy and what you're doing in others' lives right here at Rockside. But we just want to thank you for what you're doing in our lives as well. That, you know, that you're giving us the manna that we need at the right time. It may not be the showy miracle manna that we think we need. But it could be the little manna. It could be a million little miracles that we may, um, we, we know that we need something. We're just not sure what it is. We just ask you to bring that manna to us today. And let us know that it's you, just like you did with me, that it was the right song, that it was the way I was praying, and that song was the words I was praying to you about. Give that manna to us today, once again, Lord, with whatever our needs are. And if we're not in that season of being in dire need, Lord, let us be the manna to someone else. Let us be able to, to know that you're putting us on a journey that can take us to whoever that may be, that we can share you in a way that only our life can do because you're the God, you're Jehovah Jireh, and, and you're, you're Jehovah Rapha. <laughs> there is nothing that you can't take us through, and we just want to thank you and praise you for where you're, where you're going. We ask that you bless this offering today and use it for whatever manna you need to give through the church today. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Absolutely. We give all the glory to the Lord and what God has done. Miraculous things, right? Miracles come in all shapes and sizes. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, you guys are going to hear from a few folks today. So I'd like to call up uh, to the front of the stage, Eileen Ray and Scott and Christine Mitchell. You guys are going to start us off. They're going to be sharing just some testimonies. Again, just what God is doing, what God has done. Yeah, you guys come. I'm going to call you up in sections. So this is Eileen Ray, and she's going to share a little bit about what God has done recently in her life. It is on. Yep. Thank you. It's on. <laughs> Without the glasses, there's no seeing. <laughs> um, morning, everybody. So um, I know most of you know that I, uh, about a year and a half ago, I sold my house and I wanted to move into a condo. So I was looking around, looking around, and um, there was one that I really loved. And um, it was just a perfect floor plan. It was a great location. I loved it. I loved it. And um, I got outbid, and I didn't get it. So then I saw this other one, which is the one that I bought, and I got it, and it was a mess, and I renovated the whole thing, and it was really, really nice. And a lot of you have been to my home, and, you know, you could see that it, it just turned out really cute. But it really never felt like home to me. I don't know why. It just wasn't a good fit. But I loved it. You know, I really did, and I was so thankful for it, and I didn't have to shovel snow, and I didn't have to cut grass, and I really loved that a lot. But there, it just wasn't a good fit, and there were so many reasons. And as time went on, I just knew that this was not the place that I wanted to be. So my niece is my realtor, so she put me back on the uh, One Home real, uh, website, and things started coming up, so I started looking. In the meantime, I sold my place in a week, so now I'm homeless again. 
so I go to my daughter's Michelle's, and I di had no idea how long I was going to be there, so I took all this stuff. I'm still moving all this stuff. So anyways, I'm looking and looking and looking. Well, lo and behold, this condo that had the great floor plan came up, and I I called her right away. I go, oh, my God, we got we to gotta make an appointment for this because this is the one, and she knew that I loved this one too. So we made an appointment to go see it. And then, as you guys know, my mom was in and out of the hospital the whole month of March, so she was in the hospital, you know, emergency room, ambulance, the whole bit. So I called Danielle, and I said, you know, Grandma's in the hospital. i got to cancel this. So a few days later, and it actually it was a Sunday, and I think I had gone to church, and I was just laying on my bed going, oh, I'm so tired. We're going to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. She calls me, and she says, I'm at this condo. I had to show it to somebody else, and you've got to – I need to show it to you because it's exactly what you want. So I said, okay, well, I'll be up there in about 15 minutes. So I go up there, and it's like, oh, this is it. I don't even have to look at it. I know. It was in a better location than the other one. It was more updated than the other one. It's moving ready. It's spotless. So um, I put in an offer a little below asking, and they accepted another offer of asking price. So I, I thought, I'm so stupid. It was worth asking price. I should have done it. So I'm still on my quest looking at things. And in the meantime, I'm like, Lord, you got to get this place out of my mind because I can't stop thinking about it, you know, because it was just so perfect for me. So we went to look at another place, and it was caca. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of cacas out there, trust me. So um, Danielle said, uh, well, you know, if you could come up to asking price, We'll put your offer in as a secondary offer because, you know, you never know. And I said, okay, that's fine. So still looking, still looking. And two weeks later, she texts me and she says, I'm 99% sure that the other offer is going to fall through. Do you want it? And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I put in my offer and I got it. Wow. It's, it was just Yay. such a miracle. I mean, it was like God brought this to me the first time, which the first one needed a lot of updating, so I didn't get it, but then I made money off of my other condo, and then he brought it to me another time, and then he gave me another chance to get this condo, and it's just, it's literally right around the corner from here, and um, yeah, so now my movers come tomorrow, and I'll be all moved in. That's awesome. Can we give the Lord a hand clap? If you want to pass the mic to them. Thank you, Eileen. You know, God, again, cares about the, the things that we care about, right? The desires of our heart. He is our father. He wants us in the best places, at the best jobs, all right? He, and so that's just so such a beautiful representation of God's care and love for us. All right, so tell us a little bit about your guys' journey. So I'm Kristen Mitchell. I'm not sure how many of you all know us since we're new. I think my testimony is short. I'm going to try and keep 30 seconds. Let's stop and have the two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up a missionary kid. Uh, my parents were from Colombia, South America. I came to the States to study for college. Um, met Scott. And over the years, I'm 50-something years old. I don't quite remember, but 50-something. And uh, I've just learned that God is faithful. So just a general testimony. You know, at my age, you've gone through, you've seen a lot, and you've experienced a lot. There's been death, there's been joy, there's been hard times. And just looking back, going, 
life can be very, very hard. But just as we learned in worship today, that praising God no matter what circumstance we're in, there's times that I would put the radio on for Christian music because that was all I could do. You know, life can be hard, but God is there. God is faithful. No matter what is happening to us, no matter what our circumstances are, he's the same and he doesn't change. And for us, it's a choice. We can choose to say, okay, God, you are who you, you are no matter what I'm feeling or thinking or what's going on. And I step in that. And that choice is what's allowed me and us to have what I consider life abundant. Even though it's been hard, it's been a life in abundance because we haven't always done it right, right? We've made mistakes, but God is faithful. So just making that choice of, okay, God, I'm going to believe. I'm stepping out on air. This is crazy as he's saying, but um, he never he never fails. Just to kind of branch off of that, I mean, one of the, my joys is my wife. She knows the difference between being an anchor and being a ball and chain. And my wife knows I'm the creative, I'm more the, re the risky person, you know, willing just to jump off that cliff. And she's, you know, let's hear from God. Let's, you know, let's get confirmation that this is what God's calling us to. And so last year, when I was out here for training, um, it uh, just a thought came to mind. What if we sold our home on the water in Virginia, off the river, um, that we've been renovating, that we've had our kids go through middle school and high school, and that we absolutely love? We had a sunroom that just had all water views, 180 degrees. And we loved it, but we weren't happy. So five years ago, God told us to step out in faith, for me to quit my job and to start a consulting business. And I didn't do it. It was the first time in our life that we made a financial decision, not a faith decision. And when we had gotten married and at our wedding ceremony, the word of God over us. So we are in a charismatic world, and so we believe in having prophecy at our wedding, and we were prophesied that we were to always choose faith. And this was the one time, here we're missionaries, so I'm, you know, we're honest, laying it all bare. We chose a financial decision over God telling us what to do. You know, and so two years ago, it was like, okay, I'm burned out, right? When you're not in God's will, even though you're in a good place. So I was working for a Christian ministry. I was their CFO. But I was not in God's will. So I was burning out because I was doing it in my way, right? And so two years ago, it's like, okay, I need to quit. I need to form this business. And I need to step out in faith. I don't know how God's going to do this. So that was part of coming here for training a year ago, almost. And God just dropped it in my heart. 
a mind at that point, what if you sold your house? You'd get rid of the debt of that house and downsize and be in a place that you could have some freedoms. And so I came home from training and just kind of dropped into this and said, sure, if a couple things happen. And I so, and they were with her job. And so she went in on Monday, asked the questions, and they said, sure, but we can only guarantee you a job for a year. It was like everything worked. And then it was like, okay, hop in the car, drive out to Ohio, because we were looking at, we didn't know where at that point, but Ohio kept coming to mind. So it was like, well, let's at least get it off the table. So we came out for the July 4th weekend and God continued. For Christine, for me, we don't know why we're here. <laughs> we just know this is where we're supposed to be. And yes, we're both still dealing with burnout for being in disobedience. Um, but that joy is returning. Um, we're in a different lifestyle. We're in a different mode. God is blessing. So we do have an abundant life. But there's still consequences to our actions. But it's never too late to step into his will. So good. And you guys give a hand clap for the Mitchells. We're so excited just for your journey and uh, glad that God brought you here to Rockside out of all the other places uh, that he could have brought you. And so uh, just amazing. All right. Next up, I'd like to call uh, Pastor Leah, Pat Gelly, uh, Pastor Jordan and Cheryl, if you guys would come on up here and they're going to be our next segment of sharers. <laughs> Yes, awesome. All right. Go ahead and tell us what's God been doing. Yeah, what hasn't he been doing is really the question. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm just going to share two stories with you guys of just stuff that's happened over the past, actually, literally a couple of, it was within the same week, I believe, was where these both happened. Um, so as you know, like we have a youth group here at Rockside Church, uh, right, we have our homies in the front here. <laughs> um, and we had the opportunity. So this building hosts literally so many high schoolers during this time of year to do state testings and stuff like that, um, like for virtual learners and all of that. So we had the idea, hey, what if we could even have just one day where we you know, set up shop over at our little cafe and gave out, you know, donuts, breakfast items, juice, and, you know, invited invited these students to come back to church um, and just see what happens, okay? So we haven't seen the return on that necessarily. However, we did have three students who came to serve. Um, it's homeschool life perks because they were able to make time time in their lives. Uh, and their, the one mom had decided that she was going to take a chunk out of her day to bring them here at 9 o'clock in the morning so that we could serve these other students uh, breakfast. And it was so cool just getting the chance to have an outreach, have a missions moment, literally here in this building, um, and also watch these students have an experience that they not, did, had not necessarily had. And when I tell you, we did not encounter church folk 
coming in and out through us. Like, it was not their their typical people that they had encountered. So it was really fun and a little funny watching them interact with these people as they, like, joyfully cursed at the donuts. Uh, <laughs> you know, saying how excited they were for these donuts and watching these kids, like, oh, wait, and it's good, like, these teaching moments, like, it's okay, it's fine, like, you know, they don't know Jesus enough yet, or, like, they don't, they haven't gone through that process yet, but that's why we're doing this. Um, also, the opportunity to pray with a couple of people there, and just, yeah, like, it's just a really cool, really cool time. At the very, very end, actually, I was closing up and getting ready to walk out. There were these two girls um, that were just running up and down, going up and down the elevator, just waiting for their mom. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I got time. So I sat with them for a little bit. You know, I showed them around and like we played some games. Like they were showing me all their little tricks that they were doing, bendy tricks and all that. Um, and their mom finally came and I got to introduce myself to her. And it was just a really cool moment of, she was like, oh, there's a church here? Like I didn't know. And like I got a chance to pray with her and like she was talking to me about some things and God had given me some words for her. Um, so it's cool that ministry is happening, obviously, in the church. Ministry is happening in this building. But outside of this context, ministry is still able to happen in this building. And it was cool to have that opportunity, both for me, it was encouraging, and to watch my shy little students uh, <laughs> get a chance to come out of their shell in a safe environment. So that was really good. Um, and I'm just thankful for the opportunity to have been been given to do that with them um, here. So thank you, guys. Um, also, okay, so... That Friday, we had a prayer and worship night, um, and Jace, if you don't know, I have two children, Caleb, who's seven, and Jace, who is four, yes, um, at least for another hot minute here. <laughs> so little Jacey, um, I don't know if you, you see our friend over here with the cast, <laughs> um, he knew that Miss Cheryl over here uh, had hurt her arm, and he, this boy... He's wild, all right, like so, so crazy wild. However, that baby has one of the most sensitive, gentle spirits all at the same time that I have ever encountered. Both my boys are real interesting. They definitely both have like different sensitivities. But when I tell you Jace has such a sensitivity towards hurting people, um, right now it's presenting in physical ways, like with another friend who's parent had hurt themselves like he was real concerned and wanting to pray but he obviously knows Cheryl because he sees her every week so he saw her at prayer and worship we were literally sitting standing right over where Elaine is over there in that little section over there um and he like you know was just going up to her and he's being real gentle and oh like are you okay like is it still hurting like can we pray for you <laughs> um and I happened to have a little bottle of oil on me and like he knew that like we used it um, at home occasionally, like if one of us is sick, like Jordan has taken it out and like anointed like our kids or me or whoever, just those teaching moments. And he was able to do that for the first time, like himself though. So four years old, he's praying an unguided prayer over sick bones so that Jesus could heal her arm and anointing her with oil all at the same time. Like what am I, literally I was watching it go down and it's like, what am I looking at? who are you where did you come from but it's so cool watching Jesus being able to move in the next generation um and not only just them but like it trickling back in because both those things were so encouraging to me both as a parent and just as a as a you know a parent a youth pastor and just a Christ Christ follower in general watching four-year-old who literally would take off down the hallway and jump off the banister if we let him <laughs> also having this whole like holy come to Jesus moment, like Jesus just fix her bones, like yes and amen to that, so yeah. yeah. That's so good. so good. Let's give a hand clap for that. 
And, and again, that's why it's so important, you know, with our next-gen ministries, we've got our kids' ministry, we've got our youth ministry. They're not just being babysat, you know, on a Wednesday or on a Sunday. Like, they are being taught Scripture and the power of prayer and fellowship and who Jesus is and forgiveness. I mean, they're learning that at a young age. And so, oh, just so thankful for uh, both Pastor Rachel and Pastor Leah and their teams pouring into this next gen. Amen. And of course, you know, parents and grandparents, you need to understand you are the most important role. You know, what you're doing at home is important. We come alongside as a church to support, but what you do at home is the most important. Amen. All right. All right. Pat, share with us what God's been doing in your life lately. Well, um, mine is stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, huh? <laughs> um, there, I'm with a group that uh, our neighbors, Vitalia, we have a Bible study. And there's uh, myself and Vicki and Anthony and Pastor Jordan. And he leads the Bible study. So it's... Uh, th- <laughs> for now <laughs> that's why I'm here <laughs> so it's three days a month and um, he approached us it's very nice there I mean it really is I, I find it very fulfilling and um, so one day he said well we're all going to kind of take turns re- leading a Bible study and my first reaction was no 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 I can't do that <laughs> There's no way I'm going to get up there and not know, no. And um, so he accepted it, I guess, you know. (laughs) But a few weeks later, I I believe it was a few weeks later, he had another commitment. And he called me up and said, would you lead Bible study? And I said, I can't do it. There's, I I just, I'm uncomfortable and I, I can't do it. So we... We talked some more, and uh, I realized that this is God. He wants me to do this, and I can't say no. (laughs) So I said yes to him, and he was so gracious that he gave me some study guides to look at and some subjects that I could speak on, and I could pick anyone I wanted, and I did. Unfortunately, Vicki couldn't attend that when I was doing that, but Anthony was there. So it was just me and Anthony. And I walked in, and I was kind of nervous, and I thought, oh, geez. And I told the residents that were there, I said, you know, I said, uh, bear with me. It's my first time. They gave me a lot of encouragement. Yeah. Um, Anthony did also. I'm so glad he was there. And um, I just, it, it went well. I mean, it just went well, and I felt good about it. And I just want to encourage everyone who is thinking of doing something but is, get, is not sure of themselves or fear comes over them, God will be with you. He'll send people to be with you that will encourage you. And I just encourage everyone to just step forward and listen to God. You can't say no anyway, so <laughs> he's, go- he's going to keep after you until you do it. So That's good. Yeah. That's good. Can we give it up for Pat? Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. 
And that's a, real, that's a real good word for all of you. I mean, again, right? She's stepping out of her comfort zone into a place she's like, oh, God, I don't know if I can do this. But with God, all things are possible, right? And so we're all called to step into those places and to serve and just be willing, right? God, what do you need me to do? How do you need to use my life? So thank you, Pat. Thank you for sharing, and uh, thanks for being on that team. And just a little plug, uh, Vitalia is the the center right over here. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Over here. (laughs) <laughs> wrong directions. Um, but if you have a heart to work with uh, older folks um, and would love to be a part of the team, we're always looking for volunteers to build that team as well. What an incredible opportunity a couple times a month to spend an hour teaching them the word of God, encouraging them. Um, they're assisted living and uh, independent. And so it's a really cool opportunity. If you're interested, talk with Pastor Jordan. Uh, he, would be, he would welcome, of course, some others to join the team. So, all right. So tell us a little bit about what God's doing in your life. All right. So um, a lot of times, like, it seems as I look back on my life, um, I, I kind of fall into God's blessing. Like, I kind of fall into God's thing. I, I guess I'm just kind of dense sometimes, and he needs to make a giant pit for me to fall into. To, like, okay, I'm supposed to be here. Um, so I want to share a little bit about, uh, about that. So uh, we've been in our neighborhood about a year. Um, last, last April, um, uh, we closed on it, but all the way through the summer, we were working on the house and it's just like, let's get moved in. So it wasn't like I was, you know, on the front porch with my lemonade waving to the neighbors. Like it was just like, let's survival mode. Let's get in there. So last year we didn't really have a chance to meet our neighbors and it got cold and everyone goes inside and it's just kind of, yeah. So this spring I'm like thinking to myself, how can we meet our neighbors? And like, it's a year late. Do we bake cookies now? It's like, we've been here for a while. Um, So I was thinking like ways we can reach our neighbors. And the next day I was talking to my mother-in-law, Joanne, and it was Easter time. And she's like, I'd like to do just a little Easter egg hunt for the boys, just Caleb and Jace in our backyard. I'm like, sure. Okay. And then it hit me. Okay. I'm like, what if we open it up to the neighborhood? And I don't know, I don't even know how many kids are in our neighborhood. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but I'm just like, eh, it was just an idea. So, um, so the week before Easter, I printed out a few invites, gave it to Caleb, gave it to Jace to go to school with, invite their classmates, and like, uh, yeah, and I put on a, a Facebook post uh, on Facebook. And uh, imagine, right? And uh you know, you don't know who's going to come to this. The day of, we had about, I would say, 25 to 30 people in our backyard show up. It was crazy. Um, and the cool thing about it was we, we were doing, like, games in the front yard. The neighborhood kids would kind of, like, peek out their front door and be like, something's going on. And they would, like, bring their siblings, and then all of a sudden their cousins are coming, and then the neighbor down the street, he's coming. Um, so it was just really cool. We fed them. Uh, we played games. We did, of course, the egg hunt. But we also, uh, we had a video that talked about who is Jesus? What is Easter all about? So we got some spiritual, um, you know, a spiritual element in there. And these are kids, again, I don't know if they go to church. I don't, they're just neighborhood kids. Um, so the cool thing is now, these neighborhood kids are hanging out with Caleb and Jace. It's like they have their own little life group. <laughs> Every day after school on the trampoline, they know where to meet. And uh, I'm excited. So, um, so 
at the beginning, I said I had this tendency of, of tripping and falling into God's will. Um, so this got me thinking. So what if we, as a church, were to do the same kind of format, but as a VBS during the summer? And what if we were to do this, not just in my neighborhood, but maybe like three other neighborhoods, like maybe one in Brooklyn, maybe one in Independence or Parma, maybe on the east side. So pray about it. But if you have a backyard and you'd be willing to host, come find me. If you're willing to, like, run a VBS or be crazy and play games and throw candy at people, um, well, not too hard. We'll toss it to them. Um, let me know. So I'm, I'm excited. Like, if 30 kids can come to my backyard, like, what's that? Like, 100, if we did that four times, 120 kids. Like, imagine if we had 120 kids that we were reaching with the gospel in our neighborhoods. What would that look like here? Yep, that's my testimony. That's so good. That's so good. Give a hand clap, amen. And again, you know, we're asking the Lord to give us wisdom and creativity. You know, VBSs have been done a certain way for a long time. And, and we're like, man, this would be so much more powerful because then there's still relationship and connection all year long. And we can do some di different connects throughout the year. And so, yeah, thank you, Pastor Jordan and Leah. And just we're excited about what we can do to build on that concept year after year, build momentum, whether that's, a, you know, a harvest something, an Easter something, a summer something. And we begin doing these pop-up spaces of ministry in and around our neighborhoods. Amen? Because God has called us to go and be on mission. Remember Pastor Carlton? Be on mission in our neighborhoods are our mission field. It's not just, of course, of course, it's across the country and across the globe. Yes, in the inner city, absolutely, it's, but it's in our neighborhood. It's the people that God has put at our jobs, right? So, so good. Amen. All right, Ms. Cheryl, tell us a little bit about what, your journey and what God has been doing. All right. So those of you who don't know what happened to me, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> um, I was, at the end of March, I was serving in the kids' church and uh, teaching, and it was before Palm Sunday, and Pastor Rachel comes back, and she's rehearsing a song that the kids were getting ready to do the next week, and um, <clears throat> I just took like a, a stance that I usually take in the room when a, uh, another leader comes in and is heading up something. I just kind of step backwards a couple steps um, along the uh, window and um, just to kind of lead the kids be from behind while Pastor Rachel was teaching. So um, <clears throat> I tripped on a chair. <laughs> it's so graceful. And um, I fell backwards on my left wrist, and I shattered it. <clears throat> so this has been a fun journey because it was super painful. And I got up, and I was like, oh, man, I busted my wrist, and I was just, like, holding my wrist. So the kid, Pastor Rachel stops everything, and she makes the kids come around, and they start praying for me. But they were, like, kind of like, what just happened? They were horrified. And I was like, oh, no, Miss Cheryl's in pain. I got to go. And Johnny's, like, at the door because he was back there with me. And he goes, we're going. We got to go. We got to go. I'll take you to the emergency room. So I'm like. Okay, well, I'm getting woozy. So I get down the hallway a little bit, and there's some ladies there. They're, they want to pray for me, and that's great because I think God just used that to help me uh, through this process. So I'm like, okay. And Johnny's like, come on, come on. I know I couldn't make it. So 
guess what? I saw, last thing I saw was Jackie Patelicky coming out. And I was like, oh, there's Jackie. And I'm starting to like tunnel out and I pass out because the pain was just off the chart. So somehow I landed very nicely and everybody had me. And I woke up, I had one nurse, Jackie, on my uh, right. And then Deb Bunning come out and she was on my left. So I, God had me covered. And the thing is, when I woke up, I was praying in tongues. And I think I freaked out um, some people, <laughs> just to put it mildly there. And um, in my head, I was praying. I was like, God, just hold my hand. I'm in pain. I, I need you. I just need you so much. Just, Father, stay with me. Hold my hand. Please hold my hand. I need you. And... Um, I just kept praying in tongues, and I think Jackie was too, and Deb, and uh, just I felt like peace wash over me, just like an intense peace. I was still hurting, but I felt like everything was going to be okay. And um, I guess they called the EMS, and um, I, they came for me and took me to Marymount, but on the ride there, I was, I was like, happy, but I was hurting. <laughs> I was happy. I was filled with peace. I knew everything was going to be okay. And I'm like, t they're thinking I hit my head because I was speaking in tongues. So <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I'm fine. I didn't hit my head. I just fell on my wrist. I, I know I hurt myself badly there. And they're like, are you sure? And I'm like, no. So, but anyway, I'm, like, telling the ambulance workers that, oh, yeah, I always pray for the ambulances when they go by my house. I live on a 130th, so it's, like, very busy there and lots of ambulances. So I had to have that conversation. So I felt that that was pretty cool. And um, got to the uh, ER, and um, this thing, I felt so much peace, and I continued to pray in tongues. I prayed for... The kids in Kids Church, I prayed for just amazing things. I was just kept thinking of people that uh, I just wanted to see uh, Jesus working in their lives. I just kept thinking about all these things, and I was praying the whole time. I was in pain. I kept my feet like were tapping together just to keep it together, but I had so much peace. I can't even tell you, and I just kept asking God, just stay with me, stay with me. And, well, there, all that happened. I got out of the ER at, like, I got home at 9 o'clock in the evening. They were very busy at the ER. But um, the next day, I have to say, um, just God's grace was there for me. He provided, my neighbor come over, brought meals. Um, then I, people were bringing meals from church, and it was just such a blessing. I felt God's grace over me the whole time. His presence was with me the whole time. And the next day I was praying, and um, uh, could you hold this for a minute? I got it on paper. Um, I just felt that because I had been praying the day before, I was wanting God to stay with me. And I happened upon Psalm 73, verses 23 to 26. I got them here. I'm going to read them to you. This is a Psalm of Asaph. 
And I'm like, God, you were really with me, weren't you? And then it says in verse 23, nevertheless, I am continually with you. You do hold my right hand and you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to honor and glory. And I'm just going to keep going on. Whom have I in heaven but you? And I have no delight or desire on earth besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the rock and firm strength of my heart and my portion forever. And that just confirmed me that, you know, what I was experiencing was truly God. And not only that, I have to just say, oh, my, the whole Thing. They're saying, call this for a follow-up. Call this. And I had to go to an orthopedic for follow-up. Well, I called the office, and this lady answered, and she's like, no, that doctor doesn't work at Marymount. And I'm like, huh? I was kind of puzzled, and she's going, no, call this number. And she rattled off some names. So I was like, okay, thank you. And then I just hung up the phone, and I was like, God, what do I do now? I don't know what she said. <laughs> I'm like, I need help. I need an orthopedic doctor. And um, so I'm like, I called the, my regular doctor's office, asked, please, uh, you know, give me a referral for orthopedics. And well, she was busy. And then I found out later that her, she was really going through something. My doctor, her own son passed away. So she didn't get back to me for quite some time. And then from then, uh, I just went on my, my chart, <laughs> Jackie, and I saw, I saw just something I hadn't seen before. It was a, a patient referral service. And I thought, because I'm fairly new to my chart, so I'm like, oh, maybe my doctor threw that up somehow. I don't know. So I called it, and... This wonderfully nice lady answered, gave me all these options, and we ended up landing on this one doctor. And I'm like, okay, I'll go with him. She made my appointment for me, and everything it was so cool. God just, like, used he, – he worked through everything, even this. And um, here, uh, this doctor, um, I find out through my daughter-in-law's mom – that he was, I didn't know anything about him, but he was an excellent surgeon. And he had done um, my daughter-in-law's uh, aunt and uncle's shoulder. And they loved him, and they were raving about him. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. She told me this the day he scheduled my surgery for Friday the 7th, and I got that done. And here I am. I'm healing. And now I'm going through therapy. But God worked every appointment, every meal, every card that came to me. I just felt it came at the right time when I needed it the most. Every prayer I felt, and I felt tangibly God's presence with me. And I, I just can't tell you enough. It's, it's real. God's real. He is with us. He does hold our hand. He is, he never fails us ever. And I experienced that. And I can't, I just can't say enough, but I praise him. I want to brag on him because he did it all for me. Everything, even rides to doctor appointments because I can't drive yet. But God is good. And he, he, my father held my hand. So he will hold yours too.